What the hell is up? You are listening to Jamie's Corner Podcast, and today I have a super special guest on, Avi Greenberg. I'm really honored to have him on. He is a functional breathwork and mindfulness coach, and he's going to talk to you guys today a little bit about how to manage your stress. I mean, who doesn't need more of that, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about ice baths. We're going to talk about breath work, psychedelics, and also his story and how he really needed to make changes and he did. So get comfortable. We're starting this podcast off with a breath work meditation. So sit down, close your eyes. If you're driving, don't do that. You can follow me at JLo Kurtz. You can find Avi at Avilu. It's A-V-I-L-U on Instagram. He does a lot of private coaching, corporate coaching. He even does trips and retreats and getaways. So definitely look into that. So give him a follow. And without further ado, here we go. Also, please leave this podcast a review. That would be awesome on Apple or Spotify. Thank you. Love you all. So sit back in your chair, Jamie. I'm just going to kind of do it towards you and whoever ends up listening to this. Just sit back or you can lie down right now. And I want you to take a moment here and just scan your body. So I want you to relax your jaw by rolling the bottom from the top. Just let the jaw feel nice and loose. Relax the shoulders. Let the shoulders drop. You can even kind of wiggle them back and forth a little bit. And I just want you to start to pinpoint and notice areas of tension or tightness in the body. And as you're rolling through these first few breaths on your own, just notice them. Just create some awareness. It's called breath awareness to just connect to how you're breathing. I always like to think of, you know, the speed, the depth, the pace of each breath, the ease of them. And now I want you to slowly start to pull a full nasal inhale all the way in. Nice and calm, nice and easy, good. And then a slow Steady, exhale out through the nose. Perfect. And just notice, what did one full nasal inhale and nasal exhale do? Let's do it again. (laughs) Feel your heart. That's good. If you can feel your heart, that's great. It's hard to do for a lot of people. So if you could feel your heart beating, that's great. Connect to that as often as you can. Let's pull another full one in. All the way in. Relax your shoulders. Exhale through the nose. Nice and slow, nice and calm. Perfect. Let's do that again. Nice and easy, nice and full. In. Extend the exhales. Now start to slowly elongate the exhales. Let the exhales just fall and sort of spill out of you. The exhale, like I said, lowers the heart rate. The exhale relaxes you. So connect to that idea and let's take two more. Let's go nice and full, nice and easy all the way in. Relax, calm, slow, exhale, letting it go. Good. And we'll take one more fully in. Hold this one in. This one, I want you to exhale as slow as you can and I want you to hold your breath at the bottom. So relax and hold at the bottom. And when you feel that urge to breathe, when you feel your body's giving you that sensation like it's time, maybe you're comfortable here, you could stay here longer, but when it's time, it's a calm nasal inhale back in. 
Good. And a big sigh on the exhale. <sighs> Good. So five to six nasal inhales and exhales is all it takes to lower your heart rate and blood pressure. You don't have to have this fancy, expensive practice. You can literally take six slow breaths before your next meeting, before your next hang with friends, before something that's stressing you out, your next job interview, and it will make you calmer, more relaxed. It'll slow you down. It'll give you that sort of like space. And I noticed it pretty much within like the first or second breath for you, Jamie, you felt oh, you looked absolutely. more relaxed. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel it right now. Guys, if you have a second, pause this right now and go back and do that again. Yeah. That was amazing. It goes deeper too. I mean, you start to slow it down more. And that's kind of the way I like to teach breath work is I like to get people first aware, notice their breathing, then slowly get them to create longer exhales, longer inhales, fuller breaths. And then once they're in a relaxed place, then I like to take them deep. And if they're comfortable, if it feels like it's a good situation, then I can take them deep and they can go into that expansive like psychedelic breathing or they can go into a cathartic style of breathing and just give them a really comfortable, safe place to like close off all their you know regular sort of hamster wheel thought process and go into that like deeply calm creative space yes and you really do need that calm space in order to explore your creativity avi thank you so much for coming on the podcast yeah my pleasure my pleasure jamie thanks for having me it's nice we've actually had a chance to to meet in person that normally isn't always the case these days Yes, you guys, my best friend Gabby, you know Gigi Robinson, she has been raving about Avi for months now. And according to her, Avi, you've changed her life. Oh, that's the, Gigi said the same thing. I don't know about all that, but uh, it's been really fun to work, to work with them individually and in that kind of group dynamic. Today, we're going to get into everything that changed her life. We're going to talk a lot about breath work. We're going to talk about meditation. We're going to talk about the Wim Hof method, psychedelics, yoga, routines, and we're really just going to break it down for you guys today. Yeah, that sounds great. For those for those people that don't know anything about you, why don't you just give them a brief intro of who you are? Yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a long answer, but, you know, to give you just sort of a crux, like, who I am. I am a breathwork coach, a mindset coach. I'm a father. Uh, I'm a husband. I lived in New York for the last eight years and I moved recently to Utah, to Salt Lake City. I uh, work with individuals and companies and uh, groups to teach people how to breathe better, how to be more mindful with, with how they're dealing with stress um, and I try to, to, to explore it in my own life. I try to go out and do difficult things like, you know, climb mountains, train in jujitsu, uh, run around a park, only breathing through my nose, uh, ice baths regularly. And, and I try to, to learn as much as I can through these strenuous activities. So that way I can, can add value to the people that I work with. Oh my God. And you say ice baths like it's nothing. <laughs> I, I cannot even imagine. I see all those videos that you have on Instagram. I, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, you could. You could totally do it. I mean, I, it's, it's not easy, of course. Um, but I think most people, most people steer away from the cold. Obviously, it's just in our DNA to avoid the cold. It's, you know, we've, we've 
lived in this modern world where we can wear, you know, jackets and 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 outerwear and have climate controlled houses and apartments and everything's got to be very conditioned for us to be comfortable. But uh, there is actually a drawback to all this comfort and all these things that are convenient and easy with the push of a button. Uh, our bodies are actually designed for a lot more and our bodies are designed to deal with different temperatures, whether it's hot and cold, you know, extreme temperatures. And it actually provides us a high level amount of dopamine and it's really good for your nervous system. It's actually calming for your nervous system. Most of the time people think that if you hop into an ice bath, it's gonna like really wake you up. And in some ways it will initially because there is a boost of adrenaline. But once you calm your breathing down, you get into a very relaxed, calm state. So it's sort of like a mix of that kind of adrenaline boost and that calming down regulation afterwards. And it makes people feel incredible. Uh, have you ever been you know, in an ocean swim that's really mm -hmm. cold or like going up to like Maine or gone into a lake and it's like takes your breath away. But then later that night you have this incredible dinner and this beautiful night of sleep. Um, that's how we're designed. We're designed to, to do these things and our body actually really appreciates it. Well, even just like a little bit of exercise puts our body in a certain amount of stress. So it's important to get, you know, at least a little bit because I feel like right right now our lives, as you were saying, are so designed to just be comfortable. And yeah. also we're, our lives are filled with stress. And so many yeah. people just don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I've taken a cold shower, you know, once or twice before because I've heard so many benefits. But I think also it's the consistency in it yeah. where you really start to see long-term benefits. Cold showers are tough too. Like I, I don't actually enjoy taking cold showers regularly. Uh, I find I too often will just hit the warm water or turn off the cold water or take a step backwards and move myself out of the cold water. Um, I personally find it's easier for me to just submit to just a full submerge into an ice bath or into a cold plunge or into a cold lake or river. That just allows me to just force myself into this state where I have to relax and I have to use my breathing. And I have, I mean, listen, I did one today earlier. Um, it's not even iced, it's just cold. It's probably like 50, 60 degrees. And I got in and I was in for like maybe a minute and I just got out. I was like, I've had enough. Like I, some days, you're really into it. You just want to go in. You want to stay in for a long time, like five, 10 minutes. You really want to like, like drop into that deeper state. Today was just not that day. I got out. I, I dried off. I went into my sauna and I really wanted the heat. Even though it's, the weather's changing, it's getting hotter out. I love the heat. I, uh, I love the saunas. I love, um, you know, sitting in heat and just sweating and kind of detoxifying my body with that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, listen, it's to each their own too. It's not always going to be for everyone, but I can tell you my life changed once I started adopting these different forms of stress, which you touched on so nicely in terms of exercise. Like there's other forms of stress that are really good for you. Absolutely. And I kind of want to get into how your life changed so much. So why don't you talk a little bit about growing up and, and when you reached that point of, I need to change, what, yeah. what was going on with you? Yeah, so I grew up in, the majority of my childhood was in South Florida in a town, city called Boca Raton. Uh, I lived in a really nice neighborhood. I had uh, a dad, that, I have a dad that's a doctor, so I had no need for want of anything. You know, I, I, I was very lucky in that way. 
Uh, my parents divorced when I was 12, 13. Uh, my mom moved to Paris to live in France. So I was doing this like back and forth thing where I do summers in Paris and I do the rest of the year in Florida with my dad. Uh, this high school I went to was kind of, you know, like those movie high schools where people party and there's a rager at so-and-so's house and, you know, they destroy the, the kitchen and the bathroom and they raid the liquor cabinets. Like that was kind of like the high school experience for me. And I was mostly at the center of the party scene and, and just enjoying myself. And, and uh, I was taking Adderall in high school too. So I was, I was trying to like, you know, study and I got really mediocre, bad grades. I would test really well, but I had no desire to do any homework. And I was always challenging teachers um, and just challenging the systems. I didn't think I had to sort of play the game. Uh, and I was always, I think I was a little bit mentally like advanced in some ways, just I think going through the divorce and having to to be, you know, with a single mom or a single dad and just figuring that out. So, uh, you know, the Adderall, it was something that I thought was a good idea for me and I convinced my dad to get me a prescription for it. And he got a doctor to, to basically do that. And it really messed me up. It, it, it helped me get some, some decent grades for a little bit, not even good grades. Like I still couldn't manage to get good grades. But uh, I found it was a complete amphetamine and I wasn't able to sleep at night. I was like super jacked on it. So I started self-medicating with marijuana. I started smoking pot to like down, regulate, to calm myself down, to go to sleep at night. Frankly, I wasn't eating and I wasn't really sleeping well because Adderall makes you not hungry and it makes you not want to sleep. Uh, makes you, I was smoking cigarettes at the time. So I was like smoking cigarettes, smoking pot, not sleeping and basically just wanting to party. That was my high school experience in a nutshell. Uh, and then, you know, that stuck around through undergrad. You know, I went to undergrad and, and didn't really get my act together for a while, you know, and I kind of made it work and, and for what I thought was working, but I was pretty unhappy. And I eventually found myself at a crossroads in my early 30s uh, where it was sort of like, all right, you're now starting to get a little bit older. If you don't figure this out soon, this is just going to be your life. Like you're just going to be miserable, like into your forties. And if you don't actually make a change and, and get serious about what you're doing and what you're putting in your body, then you're not going to, you're not going to be able to, to kind of get it together later on. Cause I'd had bouts of feeling good and taking care of myself and could never sustain it. So that's how I got into Wim Hof method. I found it at a time when I was in a rut. I was in a depressed state. I was still smoking pot regularly. Um, it'd become an addiction. I'd had some issues with food too, where I was like binge eating at night. Uh, I think the Adderall, like that kind of set, set in motion, some weird food stuff. You know, I didn't really ever, I, I, before intermittent fasting was a thing, I never ate breakfast. Like I just never liked having breakfast and wouldn't typically eat till the afternoon. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think I was ready for a change and I kept, I'd always wake up in the morning and think, all right, now's the day. You're going to get it together. You're not going to have pot tonight. You're not going to do this. And no matter what, I'd go to work and I'd always convince myself to, to have pot that night. So, um, so yeah, I saw the Wim Hof Vice doc and, and I thought, Hey, there's something to this, this program and what this guy's doing. I'd also decided to, to go to Peru, um, to the jungle, to, to do ayahuasca at that time. And I thought if I could develop the Wim Hof method as my like practice of choice, I could prepare my body and my mind to go to Peru. 
And that was, that was the impetus to start doing Wim Hof method every day. I was scared to go to the jungle and get rocked by this plant. Um, I was going to do five ceremonies in six nights. I was going to go alone. I didn't have any, you know, friends or my partner, you know, my wife now wasn't, wasn't interested in going with me. She felt like it was more of a solo journey. And yeah, so I started doing Wim Hof every day. I woke up in the morning, I would do the breathing. I didn't know how to do it. I just did it based off what the app was saying. And then slowly started figuring it out and then slowly started getting into the cold every day, slowly started figuring that out. It was all intuitive. It was all just trial and error. I mean, it's kind of what I've done my whole life is just try things out and fail multiple times or not succeed. Maybe, maybe that's a better word for it. And just continually push myself and continue to grow from that. I was never someone that took shortcuts in life um, for better or worse. I always found I was always on the long path, the long path to, to growth, to success, to self-realization, self-actualization. And it was always through the long path and through the errors and through the difficult situations that I actually learned more about myself. And I learned a lot of times like what worked for me, what didn't work for me, relationships, jobs, careers. And it was always having to learn the hard way. And uh, that's kind of helped me sort of figure out who I am. I know a lot of people that got on the trajectory of good high school, good grades, good college, good undergrad, good grad school, and they just kind of always seem to like have a nice straight path trajectory. Mine was never that. Mine was up, down, left, right, in, out. Um, and honestly, at this point now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's, it's really served me well. Um, and you're showed... helping so you're helping so many people, you know, and you're changing people's lives. I think for those that don't know what the Wim Hof method is at all, for those that don't, that, that don't even believe that breath work can actually change your state of mind, I, I, I guess, and, and can help you work through stress and can help you think clearer. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Like, is there actual, actually science behind it? What exactly is it? Yeah, well, the Wim Hof method is 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 backed by science. Um, so Wim has gone under a lot of different studies. Practitioners of Wim Hof method are now being studied. People that do the method regularly go into study. So there's a way to enact your immune system. So I think the test and the study that got Wim famous was the Radboud study, where he basically was injected with an endotoxin, a form of the E. coli virus, and. 20, 10,000 people had done the experiment prior to him and they all had the same results. Basically, they all got really sick, fevers, vomiting, you know, stomach issues, uh, cold sweats, and Wim got injected and basically did this power breathing. And breathing's this really interesting thing, Jamie, where you can activate uh, a nervous system response through your breathing. It doesn't always have to be calming. Your breathing can make you very calm and relaxed, but you can also breathe in a way that upregulates your system and gets you a boost of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, gets you a boost of adrenaline. And that was the breathing that Wim did. He started breathing in this way to create a adrenaline response. And, and that adrenaline response helped his immune system fight off the, you know, the invader endotoxin. And that caused him to have very little symptoms. Um, as opposed to sort of being in a retreat mode, his body went in, going to a retreat mode like the other people that took the experiment. He actually went into an attack mode and his body went up to, to basically sustain only a mild headache 
And then he trained another 10 people and they did the same thing. And basically they took the endotoxin and they had the same mild headache, no fever, no vomiting, no, none of the major symptoms that the other people had. Um, and they've learned too, that it's actually the breathing. You know, they thought it was the cold and the breathing, the combo of Wim doing both because cold is actually really good for your immune system. It boosts your white blood cells. But in fact, it's just the breathing that that was able that enabled him to do this because they've been studying it now for almost a decade and they're continually studying it. Um, so, you know, breathing, breathing can change your heart rate directly. So when I take an inhale it up and in uh, that heart rate goes up, your heart rate goes up. And when you take an exhale out, your heart rate goes down and your body will adjust based on how you're breathing. So how you sit, how you breathe, all these different things are impacted by your by your body's basic and most fundamental movement, which is breathing, which you're doing 23,000 times per day. And most people are pretty disconnected from it. So that's a lot of the science on the Wim Hof method. There's a lot more out there. You know, if you go to Wim's website, there's tons of studies and they're still doing more studies. But breathing really is 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 really at the forefront for sort of like this holistic movement in terms of wellness. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic, I think, pushed a lot of people to breath work, but uh, a lot of the science that's coming out right now has to do with slow, calm breathing and getting the nervous system calm and relaxed. And a lot of that's done through the nose and, and breathing in a very light, minimal way. And that's, that's how the body relaxes. Um, so that could potentially lead to healing and helping of the digestive system. Like a lot of people suffer from like IBS and like a lot of stomach related issues. You know, if you were able to slow down your breathing and calm your nervous system, your body wouldn't be in such a tense, alert state that would actually help your digestion relax and your body could actually process food better. Um, the problem is most of us live at a very high pace and a default, default state of high level stress or even mid to high level stress where they're just under a barrage of like emails and calls and this and that and just tension. Uh, and in reality, it's, you know, it's not that it's not valid the stress, but what it's doing to your system and overriding your system. I mean, just recently I had a friend reach out to me yesterday who said he doesn't feel like he's really stressed, but he's got this jaw issue. He's got this jaw issue from his temple all the way down here. And he says he can barely open up his mouth fully. And he's a chef, so he has to open his mouth. He has to eat, he has to like talk, he has to be very on top of his game. And he says when he takes bites of like rice and food, it hurts his jaw but he thinks it was like maybe an ear issue. So he sends me a picture and points to the areas that it hurts. I'm like, no, dude, you're, you're most likely clenching your jaw like 75, 80% of the time, maybe in your sleep, maybe throughout the day. Um, and that's a really common modern condition of high, high stress and his default mode and people's default modes are just to be in the stress state. So it's causing this epidemic amongst the jaw. And a lot of people's jaw are getting misaligned. There's a lot of like TMJ issues and, it's common, it's not, it's not unusual. So a lot of people suffer from migraines, a lot of times that's clenching and different things like that. I had a friend in high school that her jaw would actually pop open and you could hear yeah. a, like a pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had that too. It still kind of really? does it, but it's gotten better. It's still like, if I open up my jaw big and wide, on this side, it will, it will like kind of pop. Um, I, have a other, I have a lot of clients that, that deal with jaw issues. So what I recommend for them is, a cadence of five in, five out. And then I also recommend that they they start to gua sha and they use a gua sha stone on their jaw line and they can use 
this this movement, this like ancient practice to like help relieve tension in their jaws, like a nightly ritual. Um, and there's a company I like called Wildling that has some great tutorials on their Instagram. Uh, and you just put a nice little like facial oil on and you just kind of rub this stone up and down this jade stone and you do this technique and it's really calming. I'm, I've been watching my wife do it now for like two months, like every night and her face looks different. You know, her mood is different. Her energy is different. And I think creating these healthy rituals, these common practices to, to get back into your body, to feel your body. Most people are pretty disconnected from their bodies. Um, so especially with breathing, you know, when I, when I ask people to start to notice their breathing, to body scan, to check in, it's a, it's a conversation that they don't normally have with their body where they're just listening and tuning in and allowing their body to kind of tell them what's going on. So this friend I had with the jaw, you know, he told me he's not, he doesn't feel like he's that stressed. I'm like, well, that's your baseline. Your baseline is stressed all the time. So if you don't feel like that's that bad, that's just your default. So if you're actually to be completely unstressed and maybe do a breathwork session or go to a spa and have a spa day, or maybe you get really, really ratcheted up your stress level to a very high level, like an ice bath, you might realize that your default has been geared more towards stress. So Wow, that's crazy. The problem I think too is that we're, we're also just so in autopilot that we're thinking about a million different things at once. Our minds are never silenced. And so when you're forced into a freezing ice bath, your mind then immediately comes back to the present moment and into yeah. reality because that's what you're dealing with right in front of you. Yeah. It's hard to ignore. Totally. You know, same totally. with meditation. I, yeah. I tell people a lot of times before they get in the ice bath, they're like, well, what do I do when I'm in the ice bath? They're like, give me the instructions now. Or, you know, some this last workshop I did in here in Utah in Salt Lake City, there was like three people that wanted to go first because we were running a little late. Um, and the ice bath at the end is like, I need to get, I need to get out of here. I need to get to dinner. Can I go first? Can I go second? The thing is when people are worried about like the next thing after the ice bath and they're not thinking about, or like a lot of times someone like here, can you take my phone? Can you take a picture of me? They're like distracted with this other thing. They have a much worse reaction when they first get in typically because they're not focused. They're like you said, not connected to the present moment. And the ice is, 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 you know, there's no mercy in the ice. There's the ice isn't going to take it easy on you just because you have a dinner to go to. So once you go in, it's going to take your breath away. It's going to feel like a tidal wave has hit you. It's going to be like this really intense feeling. And until you can tap into your breathing and actually connect to your breathing, you're probably not going to have a great experience. But once you can slow your breathing down, that's when your body will actually start to relax. Um, so when people want to get started, right, let's say people that are listening, they're like, okay, I want to start doing ice baths or I want to start doing ayahuasca. I mean, that's a little much. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, that's, it wouldn't be the first time someone's <laughs> asked me about that. Where do people start? How do they even get involved? Can you talk about maybe routines? How how did you even you set an app on your phone? I watched I watched the Vice Doc, so that's how I got started. I saw the Vice Doc. I downloaded the Wim Hof app. I didn't even know how I knew there was a Wim Hof app. I just found one and I and there was a breathing session on there. Um, so I did the breathing session. I read a book on ayahuasca. I talked to a friend that had been and I tried to get as much info from her. She recommended me a book called The Test Pilot's Guide, a handbook to ayahuasca. And I read that cover to cover. 
And I started doing research. I reached out to a place. I asked to set up a call. Um, the place was in Peru. I don't, I don't discourage people to, to do like the upstate thing or the, the, the local thing. But I will tell you, there is something about going to the origin of where the medicine is grown and being respectful to the process that is an indigenous ceremony. It's not an upstate ceremony. I mean, even if they say, oh, the shaman's amazing. He came from or she came from wherever. It's like, sure. But that plant didn't grow in Woodstock or upstate New York. You know, it didn't grow in, you know, Salt Lake City or outside the Salt Lake City in a year. It grew somewhere really far from there. And the place I went to in Peru in the jungle we actually made it on the second day. We made our own brew and that was a really connected experience. You know, like as someone that likes to cook and like have that experience with my food, it's like going out to eat or like being at home and, you know, cultivating your vegetables and like actually like experiencing that. And there was something to that. There was something that was connected to there. And I prepped, I didn't just show up to Peru and, and think I was going to figure it out right away. I did three, four months of breathing, breathing every day which even if you're not going to prove, you just want to do breath work. There's plenty of apps out there. Um, some good ones are uh, Other Ships, a good app. I think it's a paid app. Um, you know, if you're interested in Wim Hof Method, he still has an app. There's some paid, paid like places you can go on the app, but a lot of the stuff on there is free now. Um, there's, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of great breathing apps. There's another one called State that I really like. Um, you know, so it depends on what you're looking for, but you could also find meditations and breathing things on Spotify, you know, on Spotify, on YouTube, on insight timer. So, you know, for me, it, it really started with, with doing the breath work every day, like having the discipline to get out of bed, force myself onto the couch and do this breathing exercise every day. From there, I started doing cold and hot. I found a health club in Miami called the standard. Uh, they have a cold plunge. They have a sauna. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I went in every day and I slowly started to figure it out. Trial and error. You know, you just got to get in, you got to try it. So if someone lives in New York City, for example, like I'm guessing a lot of your listeners might be New York based, there might not be a health club that has a cold plunge that you can afford to go to. You have a shower, you can literally turn on your shower and you can start hot, you can start warm and you can turn on cold water at the end. Um, there was a great hike I used to take. I used to take people out to Harriman State Park um, in Slotesburg, New York. And there's a hike there uh, if you go to Reeves Meadow. And it's got a, there's a lake there. And you can go on the lake. The lake this time of year in the spring, summer is still kind of cool. It's not super cold, but it's not going to rock your world. Um, you know, I used to even go swimming with, with the Russians in Sheepshead Bay. I used to take a subway ride. Uh, I used to take the Q, Q train all the way to Brighton Beach and I'd wake up at 5 a.m. and I'd go swimming with a group of Russians um, once, every, once, or, once or twice every winter. Yeah, it was pretty intense because there's no, you know, there's no hot showers on the beach. There's no nothing. You literally go into this cold ocean. It's, it's bleak. It's gray out. It's in the middle of winter. I mean, it's freezing. It's like, you know, 20, 30 degree air temperature. 30 degree water temperature. I mean, it's, it's intense. It's definitely cold is something you have to respect. Like the trial and error thing is fine, but if you're not being safe, um, you, you're going to have, you're going to have a difficult experience. So the cold showers are really safe way to do it because you can always turn the water back to warm. You can get out, you're in your comfy apartment. Um, something else, you don't do the Wim Hof breathing in the cold. You do the Wim Hof breathing before the cold. 
in the cold could be a bit dangerous. So you don't ever want to hold your breath in water. Right, right. And guys, please be safe when you're doing this, you know, because I... No driving, no in the subway. Like only do breathing when you're at home, in the park, in a really comfortable place. Where, like imagine if you were to fall asleep, nothing bad's going to happen to you because sometimes you can drift off. While we're wrapping up, because I know we only have five minutes left because of this freaking clock. I forgot that Zoom does this. Um, Why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about your retreats and what those are all about? And if we could sign up, I would love, love, love to go on one. Yeah. So I just wrapped up. uh, The last retreat was in Tulum. I don't have another one lined up, but I think I'm going to be doing another workshop, another series of workshops in New York City. I'll be back end of June. Uh, I should have a sign up link in the next few days, maybe the next two days, which I'll email to you, Jamie. So I'll be doing a workshop uptown in Inwood at Uptown Movement. It's an amazing gym. They do a lot of great movement classes. They have this outdoor private park behind the gym that's exclusive to just gym, the gym and the gym members where I host workshops and we'll be doing ice baths. We'll be doing a variety of different breathing modalities. Of course, we'll do a little bit of Wim Hof method. I'll be bringing probably my, um, one of my, one of my, um, soul sisters damasa to come and do drumming which we did on our last workshop in brooklyn and it'll it'll be it'll be a really cool experience especially for people that are looking to explore cold or breath work or both um doing it in a group is a much different experience i can tell you because i i did it alone for the first three four months six months of this journey that i'm on or that i've been on and uh when I started doing it in groups, it, it, it really felt like communal. It feels like a really shared experience. You know, when you go through something hard or challenging with people, it you build a bond. And actually, I know Absolutely. the last... Yeah. The last workshop I did in Brooklyn, people that met there are still hanging out. Like, they're still communicating. There's, there's actually these two lovely women that that met there. They're, they've been going to Sheep's Head Bay, and they've been going swimming in Brighton Beach together. And so it's... It's a really cool thing to see those kind of relationships form from the workshops. I'll definitely be there. And so tomorrow morning, I'm going to turn my shower on, freezing, freezing cold, first thing when I wake up. Start warm, start warm. (laughs) And so what we did there, that exercise, the six slow breaths, I would say the goal when you get into the cold is to try to breathe like that. Like try to get to that place. At first, it's hard. You're not going to be able to do it initially. It's going to (laughs) be... like short and choppy. So what you do is you focus on your exhale, you focus on long exhales, long exhales, blow it out, and then eventually get control of that air, like you're almost blowing up a balloon, and then start to create some pauses and then start to breathe in through the nose. And then you slowly work your way to nose in, nose out, and then all of a sudden it becomes manageable. And I like to squat, I like to like sit low so the water hits me from above so it hits all my body at once because it's kind of hard if it's hitting your chest or your back or your sides, Um, it's uncomfortable. So it's like better for me to at least feel like I'm fully submerged so I kneel or I squat or I just kind of, you know, get low and I let the water from the shower head hit me from above and I find, I turn it hot to start I start with a warm, hot shower and I get nice and hot. And then I slowly, gradually make my way to continually making the water colder. And then eventually it's cold. Um, Though, like I said, I normally just do an ice bath in my backyard. And I find that is a much more desirable experience because I kind of like to relax in the shower. Right. Not to say you can't relax in the cold, but listen, 
I'm a dad. I, you know, I got a lot of responsibilities. That that five ten minutes in the shower sometimes. I just want that to be a chill experience. I can do my ice baths in the backyard. Like I choose my stress very carefully now. I try to be very conscious of that and I conscious of my state. Like today, I got into the ice bath, and it wasn't it wasn't a yes for me. It wasn't like a this is great. And it wasn't something either. I felt like I needed to force myself with. You know, I'm traveling to Miami in a couple of days. I don't really want to exert too much. So. You just got to be aware of that. You got to know your state. Like if you're fighting a cold to hop into a cold shower might not be the best move. But I think also people need to get outside their comfort zones. And once you do that, it's like with anything, that's where the growth happens. Totally, totally. For sure. And you can come up with excuses and everything for why not to do it, but it's time. You know, it's time to start to push yourselves and get out of the convenience routine. Well, thank you so much for coming my on. My pleasure. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, I have a website under my name, Avi Greenberg, A-V-I-G-R-E-E-N-B-E-R-G. And my Instagram is Avilu, A-V-I-L-U. Those are probably the two best places. And always feel free. If you're listening, you want to reach out and you have questions, I'm happy to answer. And you also do private breathwork sessions on Zoom. Yeah, I so. do private breathwork on Zoom. And I'll be back in New York end of June. I'll do some breathwork in person. I'll do a workshop as well. At least Amazing. One. Thank you so much for everything. Anytime, this was Jamie. Awesome. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Awesome. Have a good one. Bye, guys. 